In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Talk Radio. I'm actually watching Christy do some, I don't know, what would you call those? Round kicks, maybe? Yes. <laughs> That's what we could call them. That's what we'll call them. Um, well, that fits in nicely with our um, our segments that are coming up where we were part of the Fit to Strip Challenge this week. I'm Sandra Beck, and Christy Holly is here with me, and we have our special guest uh, segment producer, a.k.a. Stupid Diet Guy on the line. Rick, are you here? I'm here. I'm here. Well, we are so excited because... After last week's show, we got a lot of interest in um, our Fit to Strip Challenge, and, you know, this is a um, PG-rated radio station, and so we're going to make sure that we're talking about stripping only down for bathing suits or cute little outfits. We're not going to put a pole in the office here. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you were trying to figure out how to put a pole in here, weren't you, Christy? I was thinking about it. We were talking about it. You know, it's a good thing. That's a good thing, but um, I think taking care of ourselves is a, is a big part of it, and um, as a result of last week's show, we have, um, you know, we have made contact with this amazing woman. Her name is Rona. She has agreed to help us in our fitness goals. Thank you. And as a result, we forced her to come on the air with us every week. <laughs> Yay. Yay, and, and she's going to go head-to-head with Stupid Diet Guy. Right on. Yeah, because, you know, she's smart. She has her master's degree. She has a lot of things going on. Yeah, she's not going to like like me at all. I can already tell you that <laughs> well, right now. Or at least what I eat, I should say, not not me personally. Well, well you never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we prepped well for the show today, you know, Taco Bell, so. We did. We, you know, in honor of the, you know, Fit to Strip Challenge. You guys had Taco Bell. We did. We, we did. did. And I had a seven-layer <laughs> burrito. What did you have, Ricky? Um, I'd rather not say. Say, but it was full okay. of fat. It was the two of those five layer beefy whatever burritos. I don't know. Beefy cheesy meat. Yeah. <laughs> so hungry right now. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> it's beefy cheesy. Stop your heart goodness. <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah, pretty much. Try to gain more weight so we have more to talk <laughs> well, about. You know, it's like if we just pork up right before we meet with Rona. You know, just like you know eat a whole bag of chips because the sodium will just blow us off the scale. We'll be like, look, I lost 93 pounds in two weeks. Imagine that. I know. Imagine that. So, all right. Rona, you are here with us today. Are you online? Hello? No. Rona ran away. <laughs> we scared her already. Wow. Hello? She should be. Oh, oh there she is. 
Okay. Rona, why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about why you do what you do, what you do, and how you're going to torture us. <laughs> well, um, first, you know, my passion is helping people get healthier. I'm a nutritionist. I have a master's degree in nutrition. I'm also a personal trainer. Um, and so I combine the two to help people make more lifestyle changes rather than going on and off diets. You know, we probably all have heard that diets just don't work. You know, you lose the weight and you end up gaining it all back and then some. So, you know, because I think Sounds most about people... Right. What's that? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, you know, most people see diets basically as a temporary fix, and I like to help people see it more as, you know, becoming healthier and, and making some changes that they can live with, you know, on a long term. You don't have to cut all the good stuff out, all the, when I say, quote, good stuff, you know, all this Taco Bell and all that. But, you know, if you what they say is if you eat well 80% of the time, you know, 20% of the time you can do your other stuff that you indulge in. So that's, you know, really where I begin. And I think um, a good point today to start, maybe if we can now go through each of you and tell me what is your basic, you know, everyday breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and, you know, what are your pitfalls? And if we can start with that and then maybe make a couple of um, recommendations of what you can either decrease or add to, then we can talk a little bit about exercise. So, I don't know, Sandra, you want to start? Oh, well, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, let's see. Lots of times I skip breakfast. I have Diet Coke. Sometimes I'll eat the leftovers of my kids' breakfast, which is usually scrambled eggs and toast. Uh, Lunch, I generally skip lunch unless Shrick is working, and then I'll go to grab some food with him, and usually we hit one of the fast food places in town. And um, dinner is either the leftover, like if I get a a foot-long subway. If my kids are here with me that night, um, I will eat whatever Anna, my housekeeper, makes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, not good, got to tell you. Not when you say it out loud. No, it's embarrassing. Oh. It's, it's pathetic. <laughs> if my mom's here, I will tell you. If my mom is in town, oh, we eat great. Okay, so you, you have know. fast food pretty much every day. Yeah, probably pretty close. Yeah. I know. Don't look at me that way. Christy just looked at me with the most horrified look on her face. Well, you know what, Missy? Balls well, over to your court, baby. What do you eat? Yeah. Well, I actually I drink a lot of coffee, so I'm going to say that I don't always eat breakfast. I'll usually have coffee, which I know that's bad. Um, lunch is usually whatever I can find at home. Sometimes it's the sandwich. Sometimes it's a fiber bar, sometimes it's, you know, whatever I get, beans, I don't know. And then dinner is, you know, I, I try to make dinner for my kids, which could be spaghetti or lasagna or what else? I don't no, know. big fatty lasagna. Big fatty big lasagna. Fatty lasagna with no, breadsticks? No, we don't have garlic bread sometimes. But with my spaghetti, I do substitute. I use turkey meat all the time. I don't use a lot of beef. But that's oh, good. It. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. I'm sorry. That's that's basically it. I'm just okay. gonna sit here and tape tacos to your thighs. <laughs> and Rick. Yes. What's your typical breakfast, lunch, dinner? Oh, I knew it was coming down to this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, breakfast. Sandra knows it. I I rarely ever skip breakfast, which I guess is a good thing. Um. 
I'm kind of addicted to eggs, so like it's some part of the breakfast there's going to be eggs in there somewhere. Um, I try, you know, I tried just eating like the raisin bran or that fiber stuff, but my problem is like literally an hour and a half later that I'm like starving, so I have to eat a big breakfast. So that's I'm usually pretty good at breakfast, lunch. I'm kind of in Sandra's camp because we're usually at lunch together at the fast food. <laughs> Uh, and dinner... Which is the highlight of our day, i got to tell you. Most days, it is the yeah, highlight. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah okay. And, and then dinner, dinner, dinner kind of varies. It's either something I cook or I try to pick up Subway sometimes. Sometimes it could be fast food again. So, yeah. You might Would win that make it a double food. header? It might, yeah. yeah. Sometimes. And when you say fast food, we're talking burgers, what? Burgers or, I mean... I'm more partial to Taco Bell. Like, the main thing I eat is, like, the bean burrito. So it's not eating as greasy, but a lot of, I guess, the beans are lard, so it's just as bad. So you know what I'm hearing, I mean, really from all of you, um, unless you left something out, is really we need to add healthier foods and maybe substitute a couple of these things, but we're all supposed to be having about five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Yeah, it's not there. I, I didn't yeah, hear no. any, too. <laughs> Um, and the, the slice of lettuce that they put on the burger really doesn't count. It doesn't count. Okay. That doesn't Can really we count, count the tomato? <laughs> you know, a serving would be like an entire tomato. Um, but seriously, you know, there's pickles on there. <laughs> what I would do with really with all of you is start by adding, you know, a serving of fruit and vegetable. At least start with one, and we want to get up to five um, per day. You know, if you can get one in each meal. But if you start adding some of the healthier foods, you know, the, at least you'll get more vitamins and, and nutrients, and you might be less, you know, inclined to eat some all the burgers and whatnot. You know, but I would say for the what I w- would like you all to do for the next week is write out what you eat and drink, including snacks, for the, you know, for the next week or so. Include the weekend. Let's start with that and then make some changes. But let's see if. All of you, like I said, can start adding in one or two servings of fruits and vegetables a day and then check back and see how we're doing with that. Um, so start by adding, and then as far as taking away, I, I didn't hear anything about um, candy, cake, anything? Anything no, else? I don't, I mean, no. you know, I, not really. I mean, I don't have a, I don't really, I mean, we have, the kids, like, they made a cake today, but I end up throwing out a lot of that stuff. We just eat more crap, like, you know. Yeah. Taco Bell hamburgers because like, I don't think we don't have much candy around. No, I mean I'm just addicted to caffeine. So like, my, probably the worst thing I do is yeah. energy drinks and all the coffee, not so right. much candy or cake or any of that stuff. Right. See now, if you had more fruits and vegetables, you're going to get more nutrients. You're going to have more energy. Right. You know, all the fast food, all the fat, it slows you down. It's going to slow down your metabolism. It's going to slow down. You know, you're going to you're going to feel sluggish because your body's taking a long time to digest and get any kind of nutrients. So you might, you know, I mean, an extreme example, start your day off with a, you know, a fruit smoothie, you know, with some vet, uh, protein powder. That'll stick with you, you know, particularly like Rick, you were saying you get hungry quickly. Right. You'll get a lot of energy drinking a fruit smoothie, which I know doesn't compare mm-hmm. to eggs and all this, but... Um, but like You I mean, eat his bacon and sausage filled. What is that burrito you eat? It's so good. Oh, yeah, it has bacon, sausage, eggs, salsa, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Cholesterol. <It's> all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you know. Again, let's so let's mm-hmm. start with that, and then as far as exercise, do any of you guys exercise at all daily? Or 
You know what? We're gonna. Um, I'm gonna have to cut everybody off here um, because we're so embarrassed how little we exercise. Actually, we do all go to the gym, but um, we're gonna talk about exercise next week because we're about 30 minutes out or 30 seconds out to break. I'm here on Motherhood Talk Radio. I have my lovely co-host Christy Swan, uh, Christy Holly, Christy Swally. <laughs> uh, Rick Swanson is here for us, aka Stupid Diet Guy. And coming up after the break, Motherhood Talk Radio presents Beverly Allen Annanins. And thanks, Rona. We will see you next week. Okay. Uh, for our next segment, we will do our diets. Yes, and, we'll um, add our fruits and vegetables. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these girlfriend it is on toginet thursdays at 10 a.m eastern 11 a.m central with your host patty wyatt and lisa jernigan this show is your chance to share learn laugh and connect with other women the girlfriend at principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Mamas, it's Sandra back here and Christy Holly, and we are here at Motherhood Talk Radio. Uh, for those of you just joining our show today, we have our wonderful guest, Beverly Anna Allen. Sorry, this is a mouthful. And you know what's the sad thing? She is my bestest friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> you better get her name straight. I know. I, I know. know. Well, it's just, you know, when you know somebody and you're roommates and you're like 20 years old and 
learning how to do shots for the first time, you just, you grow up and then you look at, like, I know when I looked at Beverly on paper today, I'm like, oh, she's so impressive, you know, and then I'm like, look, she's got a hyphenated name, she has three kids, <laughs> um, but she's so wonderful, she's the president of Zia Diversity Training, and that's a company based out of New Mexico, and um, she's just amazing, and I'm so happy to have her here today as our guest. Aren't you? I, I am. I am. I thought you were going to introduce her just now. Well. I, I'm excited. I can't wait to meet her. Yes, because we do. We actually talk about Beverly quite a bit. Yes, I've heard a lot of stories. Of course, you will not share any of those no, on the air no, today. No, I will not. I will not. Beverly is my partner in crime. So, Beverly, are you here with us today? I'm here. Yay! Hey. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> How's that for that big lead-in? Do you think you can fill those big shoes? I can. I wear a size 11, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's right. I forget you guys are my size 11 foot. No, shoes. You can share shoes. Well, Beverly, why don't you give us a quick rundown um, for the people that are listening today. Uh, just give us a quick rundown on yourself personally and professionally. Okay, well, I am very proud to almost be 45 years old. <laughs> Yay. And I am from um, New Mexico and lived in California for a long time where Sam and I um, uh, got to know each other and then uh, moved all around the United States and also um, internationally a little bit and back in New Mexico. And let's well, so, you were a little girl too. You lived in you lived in South Korea and South Africa too, as well, yes, right? I did. Uh huh. I know she's so cool. In mm. fact, my boyfriend from boarding school in Korea. I went to a, a missionary boarding school in South Korea years ago, and my boyfriend from eighth grade just found me on Facebook. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Yippee! She has quite an impression on him. I guess so. I love Facebook because you're you just. Get to know everybody that you used to, you've lost, um, you know, touch with from around the world. So, well, do you think that that you know, living in South Korea, living in um, South Africa, did you think that that shaped you for like what you went on to do professionally? Absolutely. Um, if I, you know, uh, I think New Mexico is a very diverse culture, but um, uh, you know, we. But get to see a lot of cows in open spaces, and uh, but getting to go to Africa and see a lot of you know cows in open spaces, but with different um, uh, uh, social structures and different experiences, it really did shape my life so that I didn't have the typical normal um, high school experience that most American kids have. Um, I also lived in South Africa during apartheid, so um, for somebody my age, getting to um, see um, bathrooms that are you know, one for a different color, um, and, uh, you know, uh, buses and um, uh, just all sorts of facilities, beaches, everything that was segregated, and it was a very um, eye-opening experience that, you know, if my friends here would have been, we would have been friends there, what a different life, you know, it would have been, so. So then you went on to get your master's degree, right? Yeah, you got your undergraduate. What's your undergraduate in? Well, it was in. I, I did physical therapy, and I had a physical therapy um, license in California. I worked in California doing uh, that for many years as a physical therapy assistant, and then I just saw a lot of issues with how people were treated in our healthcare system. Um, I was treated, you know, I was also a backpacker, and I tr I was treated so well when I was overseas, and I got to go to um, 
you know, if I got sick, I went to the local hospital in Greece or nowhere, you know, no matter what I was doing, I was treated so great. And I wanted the same thing to happen um, for um, people, Americans and non-Americans here in our country. And so many times I heard, you know, people saying, oh, you got to speak English and this and that, you know, why somebody's trying to heal and in a hospital. So I decided I wanted to just really go back to school and learn um, and, and help facilitate the, um, better ways for people to treat each other. And so I went back and got uh, an uh, undergraduate degree in um, anthropology and an um, uh, undergraduate degree in political science. And then I went to a wonderful um, international school in Vermont. And it was um, started by Sergeant Shriver and, uh, for the Peace Corps. And I got my uh, master's in social justice and intercultural relations. Now, what does that mean, social justice Social and justice intercultural. and intercultural relations. So really what that means is uh, it's the dynamics of how people treat each other. Okay. So that, so, um, it, that really makes you kind of like a guru on getting big groups of people to get along better. Uh, is I that the end hope, result? I, um, well, it's, uh, it's always up to them, but what I do is I try to increase their awareness and I try to increase their um, ability to do that. Okay. So for somebody like me and Christy and Rick on this radio show, do you have any advice for us? How's that for throwing you under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the best advice is to um, get to know your own, um, your own self, your own culture, your own... Um, well, everything about you, your own personal biases and prejudice, um, it, that's the number one thing is to get to know them because a lot of times they do come out. And um, So like, uh, like kind of when we're on the air and I look at Christy and I think, oh, she's such a goofball from California, and she probably looks at me and goes, you snotty New Yorker. <laughs> uh-huh. And then we make fun of Rick because he's the different species altogether. <laughs> Well, the, and this well, one thing that's really neat is I uh, my favorite thing to do when I do um, training with people is I do this thing called um, four layers of diversity, asking all these questions. So I ask somebody, so so you three, I'm going to ask you, so what is your age? And you answer your age. So you three, where did you grow I'm up? I'm 29. You're 29. Now you wish. <laughs> <laughs> that would mean um, I'm 20 years younger than you, Beth, and somehow we room together. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but then I would ask you, so where did you grow up? Where um, did you have come from a single-parent home? What kind of food did you eat in your house? All these questions. And then I ask people, so can somebody from the same ethnic background answer that exactly the same as you did? No, of course, probably not. No, can somebody from the same house that grew up with you answer those questions the same? Maybe, maybe not. Because, you know, uh, like you ask well, my but sister, if you're different you genders, or you're different ages, you have different incomes, you have different social structures, Currently, it, it, everybody's in their own culture. They're in their own world. And so to, uh, you know, ask somebody to speak for that ethnicity or that um, area, uh, you know, it, it's kind of impossible because everybody has their own world and situation and diversity that they, that they encounter. That's true. Like, Christy and I are on this Fit to Strip Challenge, so we are not going to talk for skinny people. <laughs> right? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Soon. Yeah. Soon we might. Well, and you, Bev, Bev, you don't just teach diversity. You don't just, you know, embrace it professionally. Um, you are married to a man from another country. Yes. So you've got some diversity challenges of your own in your own household. I do. We have, an, we have the, in, my husband is from Liverpool, England. 
He needs uh, subtitles to be understood. <laughs> he he just does, like I was movies. telling Christy about when he first moved here and he called me because he wanted to get something from you from Walmart uh-huh. and he wanted to go to the photo center. And by the love of God, I did not understand a word he was saying. I just giggled and said, oh, yeah, Tony, that's great. I don't know. Figure it out. Because I didn't understand anything he said. But I do now. I do. And people, you know, when we're out to dinner, um, they have to, they ask me to interpret, like, what did he say? You know, he can't order at Sonic. He's not allowed to order because they don't get any of his order right. And he's speaking, <laughs> and, you know, he's speaking English that, you know, the, the, the Queen's English, you know, that, uh, but he has a very thick accent and he has a different, completely different culture. And I actually use, um, our situation, um, cause I, when I talk about in diversity training, I try to teach the difference between, um, race and ethnicity. So I talk about, well, race, if we're in, I happen to be Caucasian, my husband's Caucasian, um, but we have completely different ethnicities. My ethnicity is, I'm, a, I'm an American New Mexican, but he is definitely a Liverpool English guy. And um, just because we have the same skin color does not, you know, give, uh, it does not mean we have the same culture in any way, shape, or form. Um, That's we true. We have different terms for everything. We approach life differently. We have different backgrounds, um, just as if... Um, um, you compare to myself to another Caucasian in Sweden, and they eat Swedish food, they speak Swedish, they... Um, or even a- just going like that, one of the things I think that was so fun in our friendship um, over the years, especially when we first met, was like, you know, you were from rural New Mexico, I was from, you know, rural, you know, outside of Buffalo, Cowtown, you know, rural New York State, and we thought, oh, well, we get together, and we're two, you know, basically farm girls, if you will, yeah. but we were, our lives were so profoundly different. You know, like I remember when we were driving through New Mexico, I think we're on our way to Roswell, you and me that time, and I remember you telling me, like, when you moved to L.A., like, with, like, you know, like, you missed the open spaces, like, you felt so closed in, there were all these buildings and stuff, and for me, that was comforting, not because I came from New York, but where I came from, there was, like, all these big trees, it was really wooded, and I felt really naked and exposed when we were driving through you know, on our way to Roswell, of course, I was scared of aliens. <laughs> and that big, stupid jackrabbit that almost made us crash. But mm-hmm. but two people who were supposedly rural Americans could have such completely different experiences and see things in a completely different way. Ab- ab- absolutely. So just because you have different, you know, the same colors does not mean you have the same ethnicities. Yeah, I never thought about it. And, cu- and cultures, yeah. If you if you have to if you're Asian American and you have to check off um, Asian on the the census, can you know or say you are um, a first time immigrant, you're here from Japan and you're and you check off Asian and you're from Indonesia. I mean you have completely different languages. You come from different countries. You have different cultures, religions, everything. But you have to check off this box. Yeah, that's but you amazing. have all these different things in common. So I use my husband and I uh, as an example of. Of different cultures, but yeah, it's it's definitely a work in progress constantly. Um, well, this is great. I mean, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. I'm here with Beverly Allen Anonins. Uh, her company is called Zia Diversity Training. And when we get back from the break, we're going to make fun of her husband a little bit more because he's from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, you guys, and we're going to go to break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about diversity and we're going to talk about um, changing roles in a marriage. Mom, here's your show. 
Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. No more mommy madness. The Sanity Hour is the antidote. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunnewald. Monday evenings at 6, 7 central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Join Ann as she guides parents through issues that arise from simply living in our current high-energy, high-pressure culture of perfection and achievement. Moms and dads are bombarded daily. Sign up for this, buy that, enrich your child's life, enhance your child's development. Worry about this danger, provide this experience. Ann Dunnewald, Ph.D., is here to help. She's a licensed psychologist and independent practice in Dallas, specializing in women's mental health issues. And her mission here is to help women sort out the guilt and anxiety of the unrealistic demands of motherhood on a daily basis. For more information on her and her books, go to AnnDenewald.com. That's A-N-N-D-U-N-N-E-W-O-L-D.com. Arming women against the pressures of modern motherhood. Here to give moms balance and expectations. Cutting themselves some slack. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Denewald. Monday evenings at 6, 7 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, re- building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to motherhood talk radio the most powerful voice in women's issues for more information check out the website motherhoodtalkradio.com now let's get back to the show with your hosts sandra back and christy holland Mamas, we are here today with a great show. Um, we had originally as our first guest, we had Rona, who's going to be training us, uh, me, Christy, and Rick, helping us with our Fit to Strip Challenge. And um, we're going to try to not only lose weight, but get healthier, stronger. And by fitness, we mean um, strength, flexibility, nutrition, you know, and even emotional wellness, because very, we're no longer going to cry because we're too fat. <laughs> Um, but uh, we have with us our guest today is Beverly Allen Annanens, and she is a diversity trainer and consultant, and her company is called Zia Diversity Training. It's out of New Mexico, and um, Beverly not only teaches this stuff, but she lives it every day. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, um, she is married to a man from Liverpool. She herself is from rural New Mexico. And um, they have some interesting uh, challenges in their household because Beverly goes to a traditional employment, whereas Tony works out of the home raising the children, which is just, we love Tony. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And where is he right now as you are on the radio? Tony is in the minivan picking up the kids. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Go, Tony, go. He got, he got to have uh, the day off today, and, and, and we have a backup daycare. 
<laughs> that is so great. But, you know, there's not a lot of men in this country, I think, that, that can do this, um, you know, can manage the kids, can manage a household. And also, you know, Tony's, you, know, you guys have to understand, Tony's a big guy. Tony's a tough guy. Tony's the type of guy that will, like, go into the bar and punch someone, you know, flat with one punch, just because he said something bad about Liverpool. I mean, this is not like a shrinking <laughs> Lily guy that you'd be like, oh, look, I'm running around with my nappy. And um, actually, Christy, you had a comment about about that. <laughs> well, I think, like, all these things that the English have, I think, like, they're the only ones that can get away with saying Nappies. some of the things that they say. <laughs> and I think it's awesome because when we say stuff like that, it just sounds just Stupid. <laughs> Hence, stupid Americans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or stupid diet guys. You know, like their knickers or whatever. Like, you know, can I talk about my knickers? No. <laughs> but when somebody from England says it, it just sounds kind of like it's like that's how they're supposed to talk. Well, and it sounds cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. too cute because I have to fight the women off my husband when he talks. <laughs> it's true. That's it's true. true. I guess that would be true. Well, and Tony is very handsome. He is very manly, um, and but he takes care of the kids, which I think makes him even more attractive. Me too. I don't know. I don't even. I haven't even seen him, but it is. It's an attractive quality. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. It does. It does. So, how how does that work, Bev? You go to work every day, and Tony takes care of the kids. Yeah. Well, um, here in New Mexico, we uh, are experiencing high amounts of unemployment. And our family felt that as well because um, about a thousand people were laid off at the mines locally, and so he was one of those casualties. And um, we had our kids in a home daycare, and so uh, just as timing-wise, uh, our home daycare was retiring, and that's when um, the layoffs happened. And so uh, Tony had to step up um, to the plate because there wasn't any other jobs to, for him in our small town, so he took over the daycare. We had a young baby at the well, he's still a young baby, but a very new baby, um, and a three year, two year old, and a, a four year old at the time. So uh, he, he, it was just wonderful. He he doesn't do things quite the way uh, like a, I think a mother would do it. Um, the kids <laughs> kind of stay in their pajamas all day, and you know he feeds them very interesting foods and meals, and um, <laughs> It's it's quite unique um, how he does the the raising. Um, he just does it the way he can figure it out, and uh, I just kind of as you know, um, I'm, I'm quiet and don't don't over criticize or do anything like that because I I'm just I think he does such a good job. You just gotta kind of you know pick your battles and, and about the pajamas you know and that kind of stuff all day. Well, and your kids are terrific. I mean, I'm I'm biased because you know Amila Law is that's um, Beverly's daughter. <laughs> is slated to marry my son. She's after yep. Hannah because, you know, <laughs> yep. Max is, you know, he's got Hannah, Emily, and Amelia. And he's always like, what are we going to see Amelia Law? But your kids are terrific. I mean, you have you. wonderful kids. You have a wonderful family. And, um, you know, it's it's just really amazing. But it's also the, the, the side of the time. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I really, I don't think, I don't know if, how many guys could have stepped up to do this because I my friends just really um, say, oh, there's no way my husband could ever do it. But, you know, changing diapers does not bother him. And one bit, um, uh, for Christmas, I bought him his uniform, which was uh, some new pairs of sweats. <laughs> nice. So because, you know, that's what he has to wear every day. He's covered in, you know, snot and poop and, you know, food. And uh, uh, and so that's why I had to get him a new uniform of sweats. 
Well, and, and like, what if, I mean, but I think, you know, one of the things that I've always liked about both of you, and I love hanging out with you guys, because, you know, I watched you guys, you know, you squabble and bicker like every other couple, you know, you guys have your moments, but at the end of the day, there's, like, you guys, you guys do laugh a lot. I mean, Bev, you have an amazing sense of humor. Tony has an amazing sense of humor. When the ad went up for Beverly to be on the, <laughs> on the show today, somebody posted a comment that said, never heard of her. <laughs> and it was your husband. Yes. <laughs> so would you say um, having a sense of humor helps? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, because I mean, it is it it is really funny. I mean, when I mean the kids, the, the crazy things they do. I mean, he said he walked in the other day and the baby was on top of the dresser. We don't know how he crawled up up there, and he'd gotten into the lipstick. He put, smeared it all over his face, and it was all over. And he's just sitting there with his legs dangling, you know, ready to fall off, and just you know those kind of things. He just took it in stride and calls me. He calls me to give me the poop report, and I got a you know that's that's the highlight of his day. So I've got to laugh <laughs> at it. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing because you guys are, you're a very modern couple that way. Well, I, I think it's not just modern. I think it's just it, it's what, we're ha- what a lot of families are having to deal with right now. Um, who, you know, whoever can be that, the, that working person and uh, the one staying at home with the kids. And it is kind of nice because, you know, I know that they're safe and they're sound and I couldn't imagine another person watching my kids. Um, I don't want to watch them. <laughs> so what do you think the hardest thing is about um the change in roles um you know with you going to work and and Tony working and raising the family from home? I think the hardest thing is that um well, I work you know my job all day and then I go home and the kids want their mommy. I mean kids still you know want their that that other person in their life they want their mom. And so he's, you know, done. He's checked out. When I get there, he's like, can't handle any more screaming kids. And so then I got to go. As soon as I walk in the door, they're hanging, literally hanging on my legs. Uh, they follow me. They all three stand there and watch me go to the bathroom. Um, then they watch, they go with me to change my clothes. And, you know, then they're, they're glued to me the rest of the night. And so I never get that kind of um, five minutes just to, oh, after work or relax or, you know, kind of decompress, even eat my food. Um, so we have to eat in shifts, that kind of a thing, just because they're so little. Well, and that, that's yeah, probably I mean, the how hardest. How old again are your kids? How, how old is everybody? Um, I, Lennon is a year and a half, and Jude is three, and Milia is five. Five. Yeah, that's a houseful. That's a handful. Mm-hmm. And I'll attest to the fact that none of your children are shrinking violets. <laughs> no. <laughs> they are active, full of fun, great personalities, um, and they love both you and Tony. Yeah, it's a busy household. Yeah, it's a busy household. So, and I remember, you know, Bev, and I forget which one of our kids when we were talking about going to work, like in the beginning, because sometimes, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes it's a lot easier to go to work than to handle the kids for eight hours. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, even sometimes though, I, I feel sorry for him that I'm like I get to leave in the morning and I'm and he's got to stay there with them all day, and then well, you know yeah. when he 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 goes to England or you know is gone for a week and I have to ha- stay at home with them. Uh, for a week all day, I'm just like, oh, my God, how does he do this all day? Well, that's the thing that they don't tell you, like they never told me in business school, is that, you know, if you run your own company or you get a, you know, a good job where you go and you can, you know, call the shots, make a difference, do some of these things, it's so much easier to go to work. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I would too. love to be home all day with my kids, too, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. And, um 
And I remember, you know, I remember a while back, and that's what I was saying, I don't remember which one of your kids you had just had. I don't know if it was Amelia or or Jude. And we were talking about, like, that first couple moments after you've been home with them all the time and you have to go back to work. And it's just this awful transition because you cry, you feel like you're the worst mother in the world. And then, like, I think for the first one, it took me a couple weeks to be like, I'm free. <laughs> but, boy, I'll tell you, the second one, I was like, no, 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 You know, out the open door going, this means I can actually, you know, I could go to lunch with someone. I could, you know, I could just eat in silence. Mm-hmm. What would that be like? Yeah, I could eat in silence. Yeah, so I think it's just different. It's different. And um, what do you think, um, if you could do anything different, we've got a couple of minutes to break, um, what would you have done differently in structuring your household the way it's structured right now? Uh, if we could have somebody come in and um, and give him a little break, give me a little break in the maybe <laughs> They could go to grand, a grandparent's house or something like that if we... If, we um, are not in the town where our support system is. So if there was just five, you know, if I could just have five minutes just to myself when I come home and I walk out and then I'm all fresh to tackle the kids. But that's just not going to happen for a while. So, Do you ever hide in your car in the driveway before you go in? <laughs> I've, I've been known to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm still I remember phone, when I was working <laughs> down in Beverly Hills and I had an hour and a half drive home and I had both kids. They were they were like three months old and, I don't know, two and a half years old. And I remember like leaving my office and going to the daycare where they were at Anna's house where they were being cared and I would sit in that driveway going, I know I have to go in. <laughs> I know I have to go in. It had nothing to do with loving my kids, but it was just that five minutes. Yeah, and when I do, he knows that I've had it. Like, I mean, I just can't handle them. Just give me a couple minutes. I I swear, just those few little minutes I have just to sit and be quiet, usually they're banging on the door, but if he can distract (laughs) them away, it really does. That's all I need, and I'm ready. And I think an acknowledgement of that break helps. Uh, We're about ready to go to break. We're here at Motherhood Talk Radio. We have Beverly Allen Annanen's. Uh, She's a diversity trainer and consultant with us today. She's sharing a lot of great information about intercultural marriages, getting married later in life. She had her first baby at 39 and her last baby at 43. Uh, When we come back from the break, she's going to share with us uh, some things that are near and dear to her heart and have to do with breastfeeding. These are really funny, so stay tuned. Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Combine snide and remark, and you've got snark. Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights, and you've got deep dish snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home, 
and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Value for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no holds barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is Now My Hobby, and Who Sucks This Week. Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Mana is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valya Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Mana and Valya Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, it's Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, and we have our fantastic guest today. She is Beverly Allen Annanen. She's a diversity trainer and consultant. She owns her own company called Zia Diversity Training, and she's an amazing woman. She has um, she got married later in life. She had her first baby at 39, her last baby at 43. While she was doing all this, she got her undergraduate degree and her master's degree. She's lived and traveled all over the world. She's the most amazing woman, and she is my best friend. She's like a superwoman. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Get that girl a cape. She needs a cape. <laughs> she a cape. needs a cape with a big D on it for diversity. Yes. <laughs> so we were talking at the break, Christy, about like you were identifying with Bev's husband. Yes. Yes, yes. What I, in particular struck you? Um, just how, you know, like the uniform thing mm-hmm. makes me laugh because <laughs> I have my own uniform. It's, and what is your uniform? Well, it's my workout pants because the at black some ones? point, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> my black sports bra and a black tank top, and it's for you know being comfortable. It's for working out if I should get to that, and it's for cleaning and it's easy cleanup when the kids do get all kinds of body fluids <laughs> and junk on you. And um, I don't know. I just I can identify with all of that stuff because I do stay home with the kids all day long. And when I go, like, when my husband comes home, you know, same thing like with Bev, she gets, you know, bombarded. He does too, but, like, just if I go to the store, that's like a vacation for me. <laughs> I mean, just I'm like, I will go do the grocery shopping. You know, it's no problem because, like, most of the time I get to be alone. And then when I come back, I do have to, like, 
I wait in the car or I'll be like, take a little longer. But when I walk in, the kids are like, mommy, like I've been gone all day, but I've been gone for an hour or two hours and they just want me all the time. So I understand that too. When you talk about unsung heroes, you know, it's like, you know, motherhood, uh, my motherhood incorporated company, you know, kind of jostles back between stay-at-home moms, work-at-home moms, full-time working moms. You know, there's all these categories we fall into, you know, as moms, because we all work, whether you work in the home, at the home, out of the home. Um, But the one thing I think, you know, because I've had the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom, a work-at-home mom, a working mother, a full-time working mother, and a company owner. And um, the hardest one by far, honestly, was the stay-at-home mom because of the just no break, you know, just the continual pressure, like Chinese water torture. (laughs) Um, And when you talk about amazing women, you know, I talk about Beverly um, and all the amazing things with her cape. Um, But, you know, Christy, you deserve a cape, too, because... I just keep thinking, you know, the day that we decided to do the show, and I called up Christy, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, laundry. I'm like, you want to come out of the laundry room? And she's like, okay, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're going to be on the radio. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you did it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. And that was really, I mean, that had to be a, was it a difficult decision for you? You know what it was, because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm shy. I don't like to, you know, talk in front of a lot of people. <laughs> How ironic. Huh? How ironic. How ironic. You know, and no, it was something that I've never done before. And you know what? If if I don't do it, I'll never know if I could have done it. So I wanted to, I wanted to prove it to myself that I could do it. And you did. And, and you it did was a great it's job. It's scary, but you know what? You know, work through the fear. I'm going to work through the fear. <laughs> but one of the things that we've had to juggle, especially between the two of us and Bev, you know what I'm talking about, because we have what? Eight children between the three of us, three, three, yeah. and yep. two, eight children, all of them under the age of six and under, um, and we've all breastfed. That that juggling the boobs and the kids and the work, whether it's laundry, whether it's making a presentation for a client, whether it's you know showing up at a hospital, whatever it is, breastfeeding is a huge issue. It is, you know, and it takes a lot of time. It does. It takes patience. You know, they should say it hurts in the beginning. Nobody ever told me that. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to be the Madonna, and I'm like, you little, you, you little alien, stop it. But Beverly, you have some great, you have some just, you have some just great advice. You're, um, why don't you share with us some of, you know, some of your thoughts on breastfeeding? Well, um, you know, because I have been a working mother, that's one thing that I wanted to do, um, and um, I struggled with uh, for working since I went back to work. Um, with my last two babies, I've, I went back to work at four and six weeks. And usually that's even a hard time to establish your milk and all that and all the, the bottle confusion. But I just, for some reason, that was just uh, something that I wanted to do um, to make me at least feel like a mom in the workplace. Um, I also did Not going my, back to work, but the breastfeeding part. The breastfeeding part. But I did see my kids. You didn't really, for one of them, I know you didn't really have a choice. I don't think for either of them you had a real choice. I didn't have a real choice. I was the breadwinner at the time, and so I, I had to go, because I only have, you know, everybody thinks you have just this a limited amount of um, maternal child leave that you're going to get paid for. Well, no, that's only if you have the money to take 12 weeks or whatever. So I could only take as much vacation as I had. So, which was four weeks that I had saved up for, you know, the two years to, to, to do that. But so that's just something that I want, you know, I kind of was working on or wanted to do. And um, so it, it's, it definitely was a struggle. But I did sneak my kids to work probably when they were um, 
even though I went to bur- back to work, I took both of them in, in the little car seat, and they sat next to my desk. And I just nursed and typed on the computer at the same time until they were about two months old. Um, then they get a little squiggly, and it's kind of hard to bring them in the workplace. But that's a really, really cool thing that a lot of really cool happening companies are allowing. And I just kind of um, acted like it was the thing to do, and I didn't even ask permission. I just kind of did it. And everybody kind of along, went along with it, like, okay, yeah, this is the thing to do. Um, I always made sure that, like, I took my kids to the meetings, um, that I always covered myself if I was nursing. And I would just sit there in a meeting and direct a meeting and nurse at the same time. <laughs> and, you know, some of the guys would just be turning away. They wouldn't know, but I just covered myself. And everybody kind of got used to it. It was just like it became the norm. Well, you and, didn't make a big deal out of it. You just did it. I, I just did it. I, I just, you know, but I was always conscious of however but he else felt, but also that, you know, this is something that, that supported me and kept me in the workplace. And then, you know, when um, uh, they got a little older, that's when I had to start using my wonderful pump that I bought secondhand, uh, used five, six years ago, and I'm still using it today, six years later. I've been nursing um, with each child. That pump has been all over the world. It's been all over in every bathroom, every place you can imagine. Um <laughs> Uh, at all my meetings, I kind of just, uh, you know, when you sign up for a conference and says, oh, do you have any special needs? I always put, I need a place to pump other than a bathroom, blah, 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 blah. But it, I just kind of act like, well, that's this is the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, I'm not asking for a lot of accommodations, but just anything besides the bathroom. And everybody's been wonderful. I've hardly had any dirty looks. I've already had anybody put up resistance. And um, the support I've had is great. So one of my funny one of my funny stories is that I work for um, the mayor of um, our our city, and um, we we share an office with with uh, many other people. And so I, I've had to store my milk in the refrigerator, and he would have his people come in. You know, uh, let me help you get some coffee and blah blah blah. <laughs> one time he accidentally oh. used some of my milk. <laughs> oh my god! And um, in the coffee, so uh, <laughs> that was a, a funny thing and. Um, and he loves to tell the story, and then he'd always joke, you know, when he had all these cowboys come in or some, you know, big politicians would come in, and he's like, oh, do you want some milk? And, and it's just, he thinks it's funny, and he, he's always been supportive, and I really appreciate that. So um, it's just kind of been the office joke. And <laughs> yeah, that the mayor of your town drank your breast milk with your coffee. <laughs> I would have killed him because it took me a long time to pump. I would get only like one or two ounces. I was not a good pumper. But I would have killed him because that stuff is like liquid gold. gold. It, it is called alloy. liquid gold. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's like, you know, when I had the dud boob because I only had one functioning boob, it's like one, you know, the milk let down in the other one and it puffed right up and it was like, look at this, I got this great big boob. And then there was the dud boob and the milk did not come in on that side. It stayed its normal size, which makes it really difficult <laughs> for you to wear like a typical bra or whatever. I wear more mm-hmm. tank tops because you know, the big milk-producing boob, and not that it did that much, but it's like, yeah, when you have to really work for this stuff, it's like, hands off, you know, just don't touch my breast milk and don't waste it in your coffee. Yeah, don't thaw <laughs> it out if you're not going to use That's all of right. it. It's like, yeah, like, I don't care that you're four weeks old. You're going to finish this and you're going to like it. Well, I only have one that works, too, and, and my kids are really fat, so... <laughs> They are not fat, but they are No, healthy. they were, I, what I mean is they were nice and healthy with the one. So. Oh, yeah, well, it's hard. I mean, and I remember um, when I was, I had had my son, and he was maybe two months old, and I had to go back to my office in Beverly Hills, and 
I don't know what I was doing. I was making some presentation in front of people, and the one started to leak. And there was, like, nothing I could do. And I had on, like, this cream blouse. And I remember I had a cream blouse on. I had, like, a chocolate brown pencil skirt and my my heels. And I was up standing there, and I was like, oh, oh. And the problem was, like, the more I thought about it, the more it leaked. It wasn't like I could will it to stop. And it was, like, going down my shirt. And I'm like, okay, I'm standing here with this pointer thinking, okay, I'm just going to pretend nothing's happening and I'm looking at the people sitting in the conference room, and they're like, looking at me, looking at my shirt, looking at me. Because at that point, it was like a wet T-shirt contest because I had a white bra on, mm-hmm. a cream shirt, you know, and it looks like somebody just splashed a cup of water on my shirt. There was nothing I could do. Awful. <laughs> That's great. You know, and you just, you keep going. And, Bev, I remember one time, didn't you take one of your babies where you were making a presentation in front of a bunch of, like a room full of people? And who held your baby that time? Oh, I take a. I I took them to to conferences. I've taken them to presentations, meetings, and I, I don't use. And but from the time I walk in the door, I usually don't even see the baby. The babies get passed around. Everybody wants to hold them. Uh, everybody wants to play with them, and they they always. Oh, are you going to bring your baby again? Are you going to bring your baby again? And um, that's why when, I'm, I'm talking about when they're little, not when they're you know making distractions. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> hold my baby. Yeah, no, and they they would always get passed around, and um, and then other times I I have one of those um, the ergos uh, baby right. carriers, which I love. It's my favorite, and I give speeches with the baby on my back. I just go up there with my business suit on, my ergo, and they're on my back, and I just go away. I just go well, to town and give my speech. You are amazing. You're an inspiration for women everywhere. We encourage, you know, obviously babies at Motherhood Incorporated, but we encourage integrating our children, and we encourage integrating breastfeeding into the workplace. Uh, we are lucky to have Beverly Allen Annanens here, the diversity trainer and consultant, owner of Zia Diversity Training. And uh, Christy, you and I got to go, but we're going to be back next week with some great guests, and you got to tune in to hear how we're doing on our Strip to Fit Challenge. Thanks, you guys, and have a great week. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. 